everyone. My name is Jean Gallagher and welcome to show number nine, Discover Rising Tides, How the Outside Makes the Inside Better, where we explore the importance of the outdoors and maintaining life balance. Through this series, we'll be talking to women business owners to understand their journey. And today I'm excited to introduce Allie Johnson. Hi, Allie. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Allie is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, a personal chef, and a real food educator. Her advanced training in nutrition and science and behavior change has given her the ability to guide people towards eating simply for health. She can support those ready to tackle weight loss, digestive complaints, blood and sugar issues, autoimmune conditions, and other chronic health concerns. And Allie teaches self-care, intuition, habit, and change and resilience. I'm so excited to talk to you. I might just geek out here. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. So, so we talked yesterday quickly and uh, went through a few things, and I really want to get to the meat of everything. But first of all, I'd like to hear a little bit about you and your background and how you get to where you're, you're at today. So give us a little backstory. Sure. So I'm Allie. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much, Jean, for having me. And I guess what I'll say is that I learned at a young age that I wanted to kind of like help individuals. We, you know, I went to a Quaker school on the East Coast and it was like all about like caring and compassion and like simple living. It's like we learned a lot about simplicity. And so like I really dove into the idea of like kind of like that healing or like service work. So I did social work for a number of years and I you know, I'm an artist and I studied herbalism and was really into the whole healing component of working with one-on-one -on -one with folks. Um, but herbalism kind of felt like this esoteric thing that like I couldn't necessarily reach the masses. And when I was kind of soul searching and figuring out what I wanted to do with my career, someone said, what about food? Like, what about nutrition? And I was like, oh yeah. And so it kind of like set me on this mission. I like literally went home and got into a nutrition program and, you know, spend the next 10 months getting certified and then have just been having this very synchronistic time of building a business around something that I just absolutely love, uh, which is cooking and eating. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a treat. It's really, I wasn't expecting it. And I just feel like such a lucky lady that it revolves around food. <laughs> <laughs> and in food is, it can be such a trigger for people and, or it can be really exciting for people. It, and, and being able to guide through that process to determine where people are at and get has got has to be challenging, but also rewarding. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting thing, right? Because for each person, it's so unique. Um, what I'll say is that the reason I find that it's easy for me and that I just love to be able to share the gift is because like I went through the transformation myself and I just understand that like, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming thing when you actually start to understand like why, um, you know, why people are eating the way they're eating and, and that kind of thing. So it's, um, you know, I just feel like I can share my gift because I can share my story really clearly. And then I can also guide you in some of the practices that I've used to make it easier because it is a practice, right? It's like riding a bike or playing piano. Like you wouldn't just sit down at a keyboard and try to hammer out a new song. It's like, you have to like practice for, you know, every single day. And that's how feeding yourself is. Like you have to be in the kitchen, 
getting your hands dirty. And so I can kind of guide people on how to make that, you know, more organized, more fun, um, and a process that just feels good instead of like this overwhelming task that we have to do every day. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. And so tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. In terms of um, getting into nutrition or just or how just your, Yeah, well, both actually. So how getting into nutrition, but also really about your story and your, what you've experienced that helps you help clients. Yeah. It's funny being on this side of the, the spectrum. I'm usually asking everybody else the questions about <laughs> why they're coming to see me. So this is kind of funny. I haven't, uh, I guess I don't share this all that often, but you know, as a, as a kid, I was, uh, you know, I was overweight and I, I definitely suffered from a lot of bullying at school and even like within the context of my family sometimes it felt like I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And so at that point it wasn't a conscious decision like, oh, I'm going to change this. But I think it just, it was hurtful for a small person to kind of get like picked on. Mm-hmm. And so as I grew up and started realizing that I could make different choices and that I could, um, you know, use my body in ways that were different. I moved to Colorado and, um, you know, established myself in the mountains. And that is kind of where I started realizing that like, oh, if there's goals that you want to set for yourself, um, you need to be able to take care of the vessel in order to get to those goals. And for me, it did just correlate to like the top of (laughs) big mountain peaks. I don't know if I don't, I just, it's my thing. It's like, I love like, climbing and mountaineering and mountain biking and, you know, all the outdoor sports. And so, you know, for years, I think I struggled to understand like how to keep myself. There's a different number of different components to it, right? It was like Mm -hmm. how to keep myself um, physically fit enough and with the energy and the motivation enough in order to want to work towards these bigger goals in, you know, the recreation world. And then the other component is like how to keep my mental uh, stamina strong enough in order to be able to accomplish some of these bigger goals. And what I found is that it was like part education, you know, it's like learning how to do it effectively. And then also like the deep dive into the soul and like really figuring out like why this is important to me so that I could take the steps towards a healthier lifestyle. And I could take the steps towards feeling better most of the days, you know, mm-hmm. and that's taken effort. I mean, I won't lie. It's like, I've had to rethink how I do a lot of different things, including structure my time during my day, including how I, you know, act in the kitchen, including how I um, bring things into my home. All of these different components go into this kind of like healthy lifestyle, healthy living thing. But what I'll say is that I feel really good. And um, I feel really confident in myself, which is new. Like when I was younger, I didn't. And so that's a real plus. And um, it just feels like kind of an honor to be able to like take care of myself really in a way that feels good. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this, you know, onslaught of uh, negativity all the time. It can, it can be an easy and a fun thing. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And I think our relationship with food in our relationship with social media and with all the noise that we hear coming in at us is so challenging. And the, the thought is you need to eat less so that you look better. And I noticed for me personally, thank goodness, my daughter's a nutrition coach. And finally, finally, I got on the bandwagon. And when I started to really pay attention, and I eat fairly healthy, 
but but when I started to pay attention to what I'm consuming and what um, ratios of things I'm consuming, I found that I can eat more. I yeah. should be eating more, number one, and that it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay to fuel your body. And especially, like you said, fueling your body for activity is even way more important. Yeah. And so that, that's my why, you know, I mean, it has just been a way for me to build confidence and to challenge myself is to do some of these big outdoor projects, but for different people, it's going to look other ways. So Mm -hmm. for some people, it might be like gardening. It's like they have this huge, massive piece of property and it's like, that's what gets them going. It's like, that's what they want to focus their attention on. You know, for someone else, it might be their work. It's like, they like, I don't have the energy. I want the energy to be able to just put this into my passion and my work and get it out there. So I think like identifying your why is so important because then when someone tells you, Hey, you should eat more protein or Hey, like consider cutting back on, you know, refined carbohydrates. Then you're like, Oh, okay. Cause mm-hmm. I want to be able to go do this thing. Right. So, I mean, I think that when it comes to working with individuals around food choices, like it's, it's important to like develop that kind of connection to yourself and like, why is this important to you? Like, what is it that you're going to get out of making changes? Because if you mm. don't buy into that, it's like, it's, it's going to be difficult, you know, to make things last. And if you can really start to tune in with yourself, um, then all of a sudden you notice that these tiny little incremental changes are happening. And over the course of a period of time, it's like, it becomes easy. It's like, you don't even have to think about it. So that's part of what I'm like working with on the clients that I, you know, support is, is like, let's tap into what is important to you and how we can use that in order to, you know, formulate a plan that really allows you to be successful. So how do you help clients figure out their why? Is it, that sounds like it would be really difficult. Is it? You know, it's, it's funny because I use a number of different processes for teaching and engaging with the people I work with. And I feel so lucky that, you know, as a business owner, I'm able to do that. So I, you know, have a couple different facets of my business. First, I'm the nutritional therapist. And so that really is like a one-on-one relationship where, you know, we're using assessment tools. We're potentially looking at numbers and like lab work. You know, I'm interviewing the person using kind of techniques to elicit information from them. And then together we're, you know, making a plan that seems realistic by having the individual themselves say, hey, like, these are the things that I know are my struggles. Like, you know, what can, what can we brainstorm as a way to kind of act a solution on, on something that I'm already working with? So that individual counseling component is one way that, like, we can discover the why and we can do it together by, again, like, using some of these assessment tools and having conversations and being able to be engaged. Even sometimes in my kitchen, I'll, like, flip my camera around and actually be like, here's the avocado oil I use or, like, here's the um, apple cider vinegar that I'm drinking every morning so that people can start to see, like, what is it? Like, what does it look like in a kitchen? Because I do this stuff, you know, religiously because it makes me happy and it's, like, my passion. So that's one component of business. Mm -hmm. Um, Interestingly, you know, during the pandemic, um, I, and and even prior to that, you know, I see people that want to make the changes, um, but perhaps they're suffering from like a health condition that is really inhibiting their ability to actually enact some of the things we discuss in the kitchen. And so I started a chef business, you know, where I was focused on looking at people's specific health needs, you know, really geared towards gut dysfunction, maybe Crohn's disease or colitis, 
um, worked with a number of folks that have autoimmune conditions that really need to eat this very specific type of diet. And so another way to teach is to buy, is to show, right? Is to show and to provide. And so it's like, um, you know, I write up a menu each week and I cook and uh, plan and shop and execute this meal delivery service that then the person gets to say, oh, like potatoes and cabbage, like on a plate with this organic sausage, like that's not that hard. I might be able to do that. So it's like almost like a tool that I use to like start to gear them in their way of like, you know, kind of making some of their own foods. Um, and it actually has worked really successfully. I've had great um, opportunities to work with individuals that have taught me so much about my own cooking abilities. And then also, you know, having, having them in the kitchen with me periodically or doing Zooms to catch up and provide feedback. Then it's like all of a sudden they're starting to see what this looks like. Like, what does it actually look like in play to eat like lots and lots of vegetables and beautiful real foods for every single meal? Really an interesting. Yeah, no, that's an interesting take on it, too, because I would think that if you're going to say, here, you need to make these changes and you give them a piece of paper, it's overwhelming and it's easy. There's so many reasons not to change. But if you're able to provide, here's the food so they can actually physically see it. And the next step is for them to take it over themselves and and do the steps that they've been doing, but the, their step is to go shopping or take on the grocery piece. That, that's really a unique take on that. Yeah, and I think it's important too, because what I see in my individual counseling with folks, while we make huge headways in identifying the needs of the body and the numbers, and they can't taste. And so if they have not had experience in the kitchen, and they just genuinely don't know what it's like to chop up delicata squash and red potatoes and carrots and maybe like a rutabaga and sprinkle olive oil and salt and pepper on everything and roast it till it's golden brown. It's like me saying that as many times as I possibly can won't necessarily let it sink in. But when they get that opportunity to taste, it does start to in, uh, induce some changes because they're like, huh, like that's good. And like, huh, it didn't seem like it was that hard. So, and especially with the menus that I'm providing too, like I'm giving reheating instructions, you know, I mean, that's an important part of food. It's like, I'm giving storing instructions and pairing instructions and all of these different things. So I think it is this like interactive way for people to start to like learn a little bit about food, which is interesting. Of course, that's confined to my local area. And so, you know, again, there's been so many different facets that have um, shifted as a result of COVID. And, you know, although it's been difficult, it's also been an opportunity, which is going to go into that third, you know, kind of business model that I'm working with right now, which is these online education programs. Mm -hmm. Um, I used to host, prior to the pandemic, a, a kitchen transition program. And it was in a commercial kitchen. I could only have 10 people in at a time. I sold it out three times before the pandemic hit. Um, But we would get in the kitchen and I would bring just tons of vegetables, tons of oils and vinegars and seasonings and spices, you know, some sort of good quality protein. And we would talk, we would talk nutrition, we would talk blood sugar and immune system health, we would talk reducing inflammation and, you know, increasing healthy fats in order to do so. And we would have this beautiful conversation and then cook a meal together. And just you know, what a cool experience for all involved. I mean, I loved it. It like literally made me feel like I was like through the roof because it was just so fun and we were all sharing the food together. You know, obviously since the pandemic, it's like we haven't been able to be in the kitchen together, which, you know, I can't wait until that's a reality again, but there's something 
magical that has happened for me personally during this time. And that's that I've learned to be in my own kitchen and still disseminate that information in a way that's helpful, that's visual, that's not as tasty as I would like, because obviously we're in the digital format, but that's profound. People like really start to learn like, oh my gosh, okay, like this is how it looks. This is how it feels in the kitchen. And, you know, I feel grateful for that because it's kind of cool and I'm excited to launch. I mean, it'll be, I'm assuming January of next year, um, kind of in the process of finalizing everything. But, um, you know, that gives me like yet another opportunity to spread this information and to help people feel supported in their journey uh, mm-hmm. towards healthy eating, because we all need that. It's like, we can't, we're not designed to do things alone, you know? And so like creating this space is just been such a, just a fun thing for me. That's amazing. And, and I would think the in-person part, it, it also ignites all the senses too, right? So there's the sense of smell that they, that, um, that they might not have experienced if they don't have any cooking, cooking experience. So you don't know what it smells like when you're sauteing vegetables and they're starting to become the oil hits and each individual and you throw, you throw, um, herbs on it and it just, the aromatics just start to evolve. Right. And that's such an important piece for helping people stick with their why. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I hope that, you know, as I continue moving forward in these education, you know, platforms online, that I can provide the space to, to even practice that from the comfort of your own home. Right. So mm. like, I've got like kitchen transition checklists and like, you know, homework assignments and that's part of it. Right. It's like smell what butter smells like when it's browning, like put your nose over that pan and like with it, cause it is just so good. Right. Like maybe an example would be like, go to the grocery store and purchase cardamom or, you know, nutmeg or like a spice that maybe you don't know much about and like Mm -hmm. have that sensory experience be part of the the program. Cause you're right. I mean, there's just no, um, there's nothing better than being in a kitchen full of people and, and sharing in culinary treats as far as I'm concerned, you know? (laughs) And we're, we miss that. We don't have yeah. that, you know, so I, I don't know whether I blame everything on social media, but social media is taking away some of that dynamic, the multi-person dynamics. I think we're becoming so separate and don't talk to people, don't talk to each other as much. We're so busy. People with families and, and preparing food seems so overwhelming. It's easier just to toss something on the table or pick up something on the way home and how that just doesn't fit into the, what we're supposed to be using to fuel our body. And then again, to what you were saying before, it also can ignite autoimmune issues, right? Or it can ignite inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. So food is this really interesting topic, right? Because there's like societal implications, there's medical and personal health implications applications, there's spiritual connections. I mean, it's like very multifaceted and that does make it this source of a lot of feelings for people, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of something that I'm recognizing in my clients is that it's not about the food. It's about what's driving them towards the food and how they feel when they receive the food. And your body's going to receive food that's real, that's from mother earth, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, grown with care, that's prepared with care and that's shared with another individual. Um, And our food culture, unfortunately, in this 
you know, in our society is like really shifted from being how do we find this to survive and thrive to how do we do it as fast as possible without having to get our hands dirty. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a shift that happened as a result of kind of like the Industrial Revolution, so like a while ago. Um, and I think that something that's important that we, you know, that I want us to get back to or that I try to, like, bring people back to is just the therapeutic benefits of, like, seeing a carrot be pulled out of the ground or chopping the, the green part off and then, you know, freshly roasting that thing. It tastes so different and it feels really different in your body than a baby carrot that's in a, you know, plastic bag at the grocery store. <laughs> that really yeah. wasn't a baby carrot. It was just whittled down to look like a baby carrot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it's, there's a lot of different dynamics at play. And I think, I think what I enjoy is the inspiration of it. Like, I just feel like I just love it. Like, I just love food. It's like the most glorious, beautiful thing. So if you, if you feel shame around your food or you feel guilty or every time you eat, you feel bloated or maybe, um, you know, you're suffering from a health condition that you know is related to like some lifestyle stuff. It's like, that doesn't feel good, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just constantly like in this place of like telling yourself these negative messages. And I think my message to folks is that like, it doesn't have to be like that. It's about being conscious with how you consume. Um, it's being conscious with how you shop and you cook. And it really is, like you said, like it's this opportunity to come together over something that like people historically have loved. Like mm -hmm. people have feasted for forever. Um, and so like using it as this framework to like bring the family together or to bring friends together or to, you know, bring strangers together in a random classroom setting. <laughs> I'm good at that. Like that's like <laughs> what a cool opportunity, right? Like it's just, it's awesome. So yeah. So what do you think that transition period or this is probably a hard question to ask or a hard question to even answer because everybody is different, but what do you think that, is there a common transition period as people are learning to accept and identify that food is good to starting to learn how to feel themselves and then getting to the other side and realizing that, yes, I do need, and yes, it's so much better. I mean, is there a time frame? Is there, what are people, are, are there a common threads of people that kind of fall off the wagon, if you will, and then get back on? And how does that work? It's a good question. I'm going to start by speaking from personal experience mm -hmm. um, and kind of share just a little bit about my story. And then I can go into like what I see with clients. Um, I started kind of in 2015. I mean, I had been on like in herbalism school. I was like out collecting stuff in the desert in Arizona, like making teas and like just thinking it was cool. So, I mean, I've definitely had like more of like a background in this, but in 2015, like I just was probably at my heaviest weight that I had ever been at. Um, my energy was just on the floor. Like I never mm -hmm. felt motivated and my speech, this sounds strange, but my speech, like I was not clear and concise in how I was able to dictate. And it was noticeable. I mean, I just didn't feel very well. And so I started kind of pulling back on like grains and gluten um, as a result of literally a five minute conversation with a girlfriend who I thought knew better than me at the time. You know, I was just like, oh, she must know. So I'm going to try it. And sure enough, just started to see some shifting, you know, in, in those, those areas, my energy, you know, my weight, and then also kind of my clarity, I would just say overall clarity. So, um, 
you know, I started and I'll tell you, it's been this tiny little incremental baby step journey ever since then. And like, sometimes I turn around and I like run the opposite direction and then I'm like, oh wait, but that doesn't feel as good. And so then I keep, you know, moving towards what I know to be true. That is the cleaner I eat and the more sleep I get, the water I drink, less alcohol I drink, like exercise I get, so on and so forth, like the better I feel. So it's like this navigation of like some days I'm just in it and it's like so easy. And some days it's like, no, I'm like kind of having to like figure out what I want to Mm -hmm. really fuel my body with. Um, And that was back in 2015, it's 2021. So that's like six years. And I think the reality is, is like, it will never end. Like it, it's just a journey that you're going to be on every day because it's something you have to do three days, you know, three times per day is to figure out like how to eat and what to eat and when. Now I'll say that, you know, it's an unfortunate reality that the food industry isn't on our side. You know, it's like when you are getting local foods and fresh fruits and vegetables and meats that are grown in your county, it's like, we know where that comes from. It is on our side. But, you know, when you buy things in the grocery stores that are in packages or, you know, at restaurants or, um, you know, already prepared for you, it's just different. It's not the same. It's not the same vital, vital um, nutrient value that would be in something that's like better produced. So when mm-hmm. someone is moving from like a sad diet is what we call it, like the standard American diet, um, a sad diet to a more whole foods diet, you're going to have some ups and downs because the sodium content and the hydrogenated oils and refined fats and the um, additives that make it taste like the most decadent dream filled thing ever you know, your body becomes accustomed to that. Your neurotransmitters actually learn to respond to that. And so it's about retraining like your brain and like how your system works to start to like feel what's going on when the food's consumed. Does it throw you into a kind of withdrawal too? Yeah, like withdrawals, it can be a result of like what's going on in your gut. It can also be a result of like, you know, the tie between the brain and the gut. So yeah, like if you go from eating like a Subway sandwich and oatmeal for breakfast and, um, you know, maybe something on the go for, for dinner to having to prepare your own foods, you might go through a phase where it's like, this doesn't feel easy and it doesn't taste good to me. Um, but it's a practice thing. And I think it's a getting in tune with your body thing. So if you can feel that when I eat the McDonald's or whatever, like the fast food, my stomach feels like the food just sits right here in my gut. And I get this kind of light grade headache and I really have no energy and I'm starving 35 minutes later. Like if you can start to really tap in and tune into that, then all of a sudden when you eat a meal that's maybe like a grass-fed burger that you cooked at home with a whole bunch of roasted sweet potatoes and some chopped up cilantro and cashews and an almond butter sauce and you eat that same meal bigger quantity but you're like whoa like my stomach just feels like clean and like things are moving through and you're like my energy is through the roof i could literally Mm -hmm. go do you know exercises after work this evening and I'm sleeping well, and I wake up the next morning, and I don't have that headache feeling anymore. It's like, all of a sudden, it's like, you're like, oh, that's why I'm taking the time to roast those sweet potatoes this week. So in terms of timeframes, I don't know if I can answer that, because it's going to be a unique journey for each individual. But what I can say is that with dedication and desire, like, you can do anything. 
And um, like, I genuinely believe that for each individual and that we all have the resources on our side. It's just about using the tools that you have available to you and, and really knowing how to use them right. And I think that that's too where you come into play and help boost people when they're in their the downtrodden pieces to, to say, no, you're doing a great job. And yes, this is hard. And being able to coach them through to the other side. Yeah, definitely. And like show them the, like show them what they need in order to be successful. So again, like that kitchen transition program, like it's designed as this like blueprint guide to show you like the exact steps necessary to keep your kitchen. It's just always stocked and ready to go. So it's Mm -hmm. like, instead of it being like, oh, like, am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? Or it kind of takes some of the, it takes some of the, like um, the guessing work out of, Mm -hmm. out of eating healthy, because it's like, if you know, you have these certain ingredients all the time and you know that they can be used in so many different ways, it's like all of a sudden you start to realize that you can make meals quickly and easily without it having to be this huge overwhelming task. And honestly, when it starts to become this thing where it's like, I make this food that tastes so good, I just can't stop eating it, yet my weight's going down, my energy's going up, I'm sleeping better, my doctor says my blood pressure is down, it's like then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm going to keep using those same tools. Like, that's easy. Mm -hmm. And so let's talk about relationship with food for a second. What do you see? What what are the spectrums of how do people – feel about food and how do you tackle that that's a it's an interesting question that i have not spoken much about out loud so you'll have to (laughs) bear with me as i as i work through it in my own head um again i like to speak from personal experience just Mm -hmm. because you know i don't know what's going on for other people but i do know what has gone on for myself and where i'm at currently and i think that one feeling that used to come up for me frequently was shame. Like Mm. I would eat what I knew was not good food and I would not feel great in my body. And yet somehow like it would make me feel shame and guilt. So then it was like this looping in my head of like, you know, there was a lot of like other negative things that came through as a result of that. And I do know for people, um, you know, I've been working with clients for four years now it's like, that's not necessarily like a word or like something that people would come in talking about frequently. But I, I think that in being an empathic person and just a relatable person and someone who, you know, is very um, in tune with others, that I see that in others frequently, right? It's mm. like they, they know they should be doing this or that, and yet they're still stuck in the same patterning. And so my assumption is that kind of this inner voice that's talking to them that is probably not saying the nicest things. And that's what keeps us stuck. And that's part of what needs to be looked at as um, you try to move forward in any goal, whether that's to climb the biggest mountain, to um, secure a huge grant for your nonprofit, or to um, feed yourself really cleanly every day. It's like, you know, you got to kind of start to uncover what's going on underneath. So that would be one side of the spectrum would be that that guilt and that shame or that confusion, you know, disorganization, that feeling of lackluster motivation, like, ugh, like I have to do this again. How does Mm -hmm. this work? Like, I see that frequently. Um, On the other side of the spectrum is, I think, 
um, positivity, you know, and enthusiasm, like, Ooh, like, Oh man, it's lunchtime. And like, I'm hungry right now. Like, what could I do? What could I do that's flavorful and salty and briny, but sweet and gives me a crunch, but isn't a chip and, uh, you know, gives me some salt. Like, it's like on the other side of the spectrum would be this, like this wonder and this like creation and this like enthusiasm where it's just like, okay, like I kind of know what I need to do. I need, mm-hmm. I know what I need to, I know what I need to prepare and like, I'm going to do it and it's going to satisfy. So those are like the two like opposite side of the spectrums. And I think, you know, if, if, if you're aspiring to eating healthier, like starting to just notice would be like a good first step because there's everything in between too. I mean, people are angry sometimes at food. Like, I <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Like, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, like, and, and it's, go no, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say like that's okay like it's true sometimes it's like this frustrating thing like what the heck am I supposed to eat right now it's so upsetting you know I think there's um, you know there's joy around food there's a lot of different things that come up around food so just starting to feel it out and starting to feel where you are in the spectrum and just noticing that like it can shift and it can change when it you know when when you're ready for it and people can get to a point where they say I get to eat I'm excited and I get to eat and it would be interesting. And I'm sure it comes up for people as they're identifying their relationship for food. And I, I like the, I really like how you use the word shame, unfortunately, right? (laughs) It's unfortunate that I like that, but, but that I'm sure that resonates with people and I'm sure it shows up in other aspects of their life too, and their relationship with food must also be mirroring their relationship with other challenging aspects of their life too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so again, when we talk about like the journey with all of this, it's like, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for people on their own. And I just feel very supported in a lot of different components of my life and I guess when I went to school, like I learned that there was this gorgeous community of people that know what they're doing with mm-hmm. this stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I could be like that if I just learn, if I just practice and I just learn, like I can be like that too. And, and so I did. And like, it's like so cool. Like I just feel confident and I don't have to think about it at all anymore. Which makes and, me that's, happy. and that's where the habit change and the resilience comes in. Yeah. Right. So you are you changing a habit is not easy and it's easy to it's so easy to stop and just go back to what was comfortable. Yeah. But the resilience that you speak about is is difficult. But at the end, it's so worthwhile. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) And we're in it. We're very fortunate in the area that we are because here in California and even especially in small town California, we have access to really great quality food that's grown locally. And for you to be able to share that, um, for you to be able to share that with others and hopefully show them what good quality food is so that they can look for that in their area. That's, that's such a gift. Yeah, definitely. And, and just noting that again, we all have to kind of like maneuver through this in our own realms in our own lives and so to get some support about the basics and about the framework I think can really serve 
people no matter where they live. Because you're right. I mean, we live in Northern California where it is just a food mecca. So Mm -hmm. it's uh, such a blessing to work here. I mean, there's vegetables that I've encountered here that I don't know that my folks had ever seen back east, you know? True. It's really true. Yeah. And so, so tell me a little bit about what your, a couple of things that I want to talk about is what your practice looks like right now, mm-hmm. post-COVID, or I, I hope to think that we're kind of post-COVID or the back end of COVID. And then I want to talk about your project that, that you're working on and, you know, shout out to Auburn Business Ventures and Cody. And yeah, so, um, so tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing right now with clients and how you service clients and then what your project that you alluded to a little while ago. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, in this moment, I'm seeing clients uh, here on like Zoom on on the digital platform. And it works really well. I mean, I've got a beautiful process for onboarding folks with all of my assessments, you know, it's fillable documents. And so it's really kind of a smooth uh, practice. And what's cool about the Zoom thing, which I did not get in an office is that I'm here in my own kitchen and in my own you know, herbal pharmacy and in my own spice cabinet and all that stuff. And so as I meet with folks, like I'm showing them, like, this is something that you might want to consider. Like, here's the uh, collagen powder that I use, or here's the little tincture of ashwagandha that I take each week and you can get it here, here, and here. So the beauty of Zoom is that like, it does give me the chance to be in my own space where I can show you, like, I can show you what, you know, um, it looks like for me. And that feels really good. Um, So those are, you know, individual sessions or coaching packages and, you know, it's fun. I think it can be a really wonderful option. I'm also, uh, you know, working on a cool program. Uh, It's called the four week kitchen transition. And like I mentioned, that'll probably launch in January, which is going to be a four part program that's, you know, similar to the program that I used to teach in the kitchen. It's just that now we're going to be in our own kitchen. So I'll admit it's not quite as fun, but I think it's still the great opportunity to really learn um, more information about what your body specifically needs in terms of like carbs, proteins, fats, macronutrient ratios. You know, we really go into the science of blood sugar and a hormone balance. And we talk a little bit about, you know, either using foods to promote inflammation or to decrease inflammation. So it's showing you like, hey, like we, we all know, eat more fat, um, but it'll actually show you like, hey, here's the types of fats that I'm using. Here's how you can mix them together with oils and different things to make a dress that, dressing that would go on, you know, a certain type of food. So I'm excited about the program. It's been like a real fun um, experience to create it. And that'll be wonderful once it's kind of all launched and ready to go. I also, um, you know, do teach cleanse programs and online cooking classes, like kind of little like drop-in style cooking classes. I've been doing those. You know, that's something if you're on my mailing list, you'll get a little invite at those upcoming events, and then you can sign up and just be with me here in my kitchen as I as I chat chat food. (laughs) (laughs) And and I I think that the ratios that you brought up, talking about macros and the ratios of um, proteins, fats, and carbs and fats are good. Um, that was a, that was a game changer for me. You know, I've, my history is I've spent a lot of time in the restaurant business before doing what I'm doing now. And so I've always been around food, but I never understood exactly what I needed and, and in what proportion. 
and the proportion piece is immensely important. I might be eating the same types of foods, but once, once I sat down with Megan and we went through and did my macros, I understood what I'm not eating enough fat and I'm not eating enough protein and I'm eating too many carbs. And this is why I feel this way. And reassessing that piece is so important and it's different for everybody, but it's, that's, I think that's a really important piece that you bring to the table because not only you have to eat good foods, but you just have to understand which food works best with which food and in what, what proportions. And, yeah. you know, how does that fit in with what you're doing today and your activity level? And maybe what do you want to do that you're not physically feeling like you can? Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up because when it comes, when push comes to shove, I love the food, right? Like I just <laughs> genuinely love like slicing red cabbage and marinating it, and massaging it and like making it in the crowd and putting it on everything. Like I love the food, but I think a strength is that I have this background in nutrition science. And so it's, it's, you know, it's like, it's about the like logistical application in the kitchen. However, I love to nerd out on the science around like, what does your body want and need? And like, how can I explain that to someone? Cause we think like, Oh, carbohydrates and you know, I need to eat more protein to be able to look at, you know, a cashew and say, what is this? Like, what am I eating? Is it carb protein or fat? I'm eating an avocado with tomato and you know, some lovely sheep's milk feta. Like, what am I eating? Is that carbs, proteins, or fat? A lot of people can't look at their food and determine what it is they're taking in. Mm. So thus, they think they're eating enough protein, um, but they're really eating a lot more carb and their weight is, you know, having an impact. Or maybe, you know, it's like they're really not eating any fat at all. And as a result, their blood sugar is on this kind of roller coaster ride, so they don't have any energy. Or maybe they're starting to get a little depressed because they just don't have the neurotransmitter support that they need. So, you know, this whole part education, part uh, kitchen demo is really designed to give you some, you know, it's easy enough for the layperson to understand, but it's sciencey enough that it's, it's you're going to know what's happening in your body when you eat sweet potatoes. You know, it's like that's the goal is to really start to understand if I eat this food versus this food, what's actually going on in my body so that I can not only, you know, get the systems for making change in my kitchen, but I can also really try to um, just support uh, my body's needs, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we, I think, you know, you and I had kind of chatted about this yesterday. You're like, when I learned what my body actually needs, I had to start eating a lot more. And it was like, oh my gosh, what a glorious thing, especially for women who are, you know, consistently coming to me. A lot of my clients are trying to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're not getting the nutrients that your body needs, you're going to crave. And, you know, we think about cravings for like chips or crackers or pretzels or uh, ice cream or whatever it is. And the reality is, it's like, that's your body telling you, like, I need nutrients. But because the foods sometimes that people are putting in aren't actually nurturing the body, it's like then all of a sudden it's like it's not getting the job done. So, yeah, like part nutrition education helps you understand like what it is that your body needs, what foods are it actually looking at and looking for. And like, you know, the part kitchen demo is actually showing you how can I chop it all up and put it together to make me satiated and, and have fun with it. Mm, that's great. It is, it is the full picture. And the science part is what people, I think that's the part that's so overwhelming. And that's the piece that you can, you can feed, if you will, to people and, yeah. and take the, take the 
confusion out of it and just make it make it clear because it's not as hard as you think it is in and you're giving people an opportunity to learn that that's fantastic yeah yeah so let's talk a little bit about the outside because that's really the important part right because that's what we're doing all this we're eating well so we can be outside and yeah. so so how does that work into your life and how how do you find that that affects you and what do you like to do <laughs> well if this is any indication on uh saturday night i was up with some friends in Truckee and one of my buddies was like you want to go to Yosemite and climb Cathedral which is, I don't know if you guys have heard of Cathedral but Cathedral is this gorgeous you know huge uh 800 foot slab of granite that you get to get on the top and it's literally about the size of a picnic table up there it's gorgeous I have some pictures on my Instagram if you guys want to check it out but uh yeah in terms of food and recreation you know I mean I'm I will admit that I'm a little extreme. Like it's like, it has been a passion of mine to put myself in these Alpine places that just make me feel minuscule. It's like my church, mm -hmm. right? Like I get up there and I'm just like, yes. Like, I'm just like, yes, this is, this is life, you know, and this is me feeling good in my life. So I know that that's kind of extreme, but um, you know, food has been this vessel for me to create the body that's capable of doing that. And when I was younger, and even through my 20s, when I, you know, was probably partying too much and drinking too much and, you know, not really taking care of this thing, um, I, I didn't have the capacity to do these, these big projects. And it's by nurturing myself, you know, it's like taking baths after big days and getting to bed at 8 p.m. so that I can wake up at 4 a.m. and start hiking and, you know, eating the Lara bar that's got the almond butter sprinkled with chia seeds and cocoa nibs and chopped up walnuts so that I've got enough fat and protein to get me um, up the hill. It's like, that is a big reason why I've, you know, fueled the system so effectively and why I continue to do it. So yeah, I, climbing is my main sport. I just love it so much. I, I knocked off, um, I knocked off, you know, I set a goal for myself eight years ago when I moved to California. It's this, um, knife edge traverse in Yosemite called Mathis Crest. And I, I got it this year. Like I did nice. it this year. Yeah. Very and it cool. was just like one of those things. I was like, wow, you set that goal for, this was back when I like wanted to be a climber. Like I mm -hmm. so badly was like, I want to be a climber. And I was like, that's, if I do that, then I'm a climber. And it's like, I did it this year. And I'm like, woo, like what can wow. I do next? <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So tell us, tell us how people can get in touch with you. Sure. Yeah. So it's just Allie Johnson Wellness, and that's pretty much across the board. I've got Instagram, Allie Johnson Wellness. Um, uh, my website is AllieJohnsonWellness.com, and then Facebook, same thing. So just to clarify, it's A-L-I, because obviously there's a number of spellings. But um, yeah, find me on Instagram, I think is a great way, just because I take so many gorgeous pictures of my food and post them and I also take pictures of my kind of epic outdoor adventures and put them up there as well so Instagram and Facebook you know the content goes in both of those places and then you know through the website I am I think we talked about this Dean I'm developing a really cool online quiz that is going to be part of my website mm -hmm. and it's awesome because it's kind of helping you to discover like what your personal food style is so really helping you to like capitalize on your culinary strengths 
and then figuring out like what areas you might need to improve so that you can start to make like steps towards whatever goals you're working on. And it's been a fun process to create because it's like these identities, right? Like um, different people have different styles in the kitchen. Maybe they are more traditional. Maybe they're more eclectic. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe they like things to just be very basic. And so kind of identifying like what your style is in the kitchen will help you to figure out like what strengths you bring to the table so that then you can really start to crush in all of your culinary adventures. Wow, that's exciting. That's that'll be looking forward for the quiz. That's fantastic. That does yeah. really pull everything together for people too. Yeah. Great. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I think we could talk forever. This yeah. has been great. <laughs> um, so fun. before we go, tell um do you have a, a thought that you'd like to leave us with? Um let's see. There's no reason to um leave your taste buds feeling lackluster. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, of your life. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Ali. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Well done. Are you getting really dark on this end? Yeah. No, it's okay. It's not quite as bad as you think it is. <laughs> okay. I think